Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. Follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle CB Characters, and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Comic Book Characters. This week's episode is all about Comic-Con. We're going to talk about the trailers that premiered in San Diego for Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, Deadpool, and others. And we're even going to get a first-hand account from our man on the scene, Tim, who witnessed a Star Wars panel. So sit back and enjoy. Welcome to a new episode of Comic Book Characters. Let's do it. Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, this is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. And as always, I'm joined by our co-host, the invincible Ignacio. How are you doing, sir? Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm doing well. I thought there was going to be a little bit more description there. The but, indestructible. Um, oh, okay. The incontinent. No. No, what? Okay, just stop. Um... Good. I'm glad to be here, man. Uh, last week, I feel like I I brought some energy to the show that was yeah. severely lacking from the previous show. Okay. This week, I'm gonna try and find I'm gonna try and find a nice little soft spot right in the middle and just lay down right. there. Goldilocks it. Yep. Yeah. This one's just right. <laughs> so we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. Obviously, San Diego Comic Con just concluded. Never heard of uh, it this past week. Oh, okay. It's this little. Um, so it's like this thing where they get uh-huh. like there's people that are fans of stuff oh. like. Uh, Tell me more. You know, like uh, like comic book stuff, like you know, hmm. um, like Aquaman. So would you say this like, is like a convention type? It's, yeah, I mean, there's enough people there you might want to, you could maybe call it a convention. You know, there's a, it's a good gathering of folks. And, I would assume um, this is like out of somebody's backyard maybe or something like that. Well, yeah, it was. Uh, it got a little bigger, so they ended up moving it to like two people's backyards. Okay. So it's, right. it's wow, that's you huge. know, it's like a, it's like a double decker. Um, and you know, some like people, uh, you know, they, they meet there and they talk <laughs> about stuff. They're like, man, Batman would beat Superman in a fight. I never understood and, that uh, argument ever. Well, we're gonna get to see we're it get in about a year, in a second. But uh, but no, yes. But San Diego Comic Con, uh, you know, this big huge thing that happened this past week, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming from all over the world. Um, most of the big movie studios, comic book publishers were all there. <clears throat> Oddly enough, Marvel Studios, the cinematic arm of Marvel, sat this one out. They they gave a lot of room for Star Wars to breathe. They didn't, they didn't entirely set it out though. Well, well, Marvel Studios. Oh, I see. Right? right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mar- yeah, there are Marvel properties, of course, with Fox and, and you know. We're talking um, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Fantastic Four. See, and, that, and that's the Deadpool. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, Fox, and I don't know, I, I kind of feel, I don't know how close Fox is in terms of, like, I know that Fox and Marvel Studios have to have some kind of open discussions, right? Like, they have to be behind the scenes talking about, you know, how can we bring these properties together? Kind of like Sony with Spider-Man. And, you know, so Marvel Marvel decided to, to set it out. Marvel Studios, that is. And, and Fox, man, talk about having an opportunity and just running with it. They came out both barrels blazing. Guns a-blazing, uh, yeah. Guns a-blazing, Deadpool, Wolverine, Fantastic Four, X-Men. Like, they just had stuff on top of stuff. Um, DC Comics, stuff sandwich, yeah. Uh, DC Comics came out huge with some BVS stuff, Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, let, let's start with DC because they, yeah, they were. I mean, they had probably two of the most talked about trailers, and I would, I would actually probably put Deadpool right up there with them. Um, mm-hmm. Those with, three, maybe yeah, even more. So, um, but uh, you know, the two big ones that people were talking about, and you can actually go out and actually see legit uh trailers that which that were shown at comic-con not just the grainy footage like shaking kind of only see like a fourth of the screen type a little hidden crank hidden from the cam people in the halls i mean i appreciate the effort guys but um maybe just try and get the whole shot next time maybe get to get like the whole screen yeah man i mean you only paid you know thousands of dollars for lodging and tickets and everything you might get kicked out but you know but what have you done for us lately exactly help us out here okay if you're gonna film right. it if you're gonna you know go through that risk Get, get the whole shot. All right? I don't want to just get a corner don't be Ant, of Professor man. Xavier's be giant, bald man. head. I want to get the full fucking effect. I know, man. Like I <laughs> I was like, is that Gollum? I can't even tell yeah. what's going on. Um, anyway, those two are out officially, as so you can see them in pristine HD quality. HD, delicious quality. Let's start with yeah, Suicide yeah, Squad, because yeah. this is one of the more interesting yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the concept is, is interesting in itself. It's obviously a comic book. It's based on the comic book. Uh, but you have a, a team of super of villains basically banding together, right. um, and the government using them for quote unquote good. Um, we see all we were pretty much introduced to all of the characters who are, I believe, all of them uh, completely mm-hmm. new to um, to the cinematic universe, um, with the one exception being Joker, who shows up at the end. Uh, yeah. But we get a, a quick little introduction to all of the uh, twenty people in the Suicide Squad. Um, <laughs> The biggest one being Harley Quinn, this being her right. first appearance on screen. Right. Um, her The trajectory of that character has been really interesting over the years. She debuted on the Batman animated series and became a huge hit. The comics never really quite took off, but she was also really popular in the Batman Arkham um, video, video games. Video games, yeah. Um, so now this is another um, a medium for her. Um, she's appeared in different varieties different ways maybe we'll start off with that um it's just a trailer at this point but what, what do you think of harley quinn she's not she obviously doesn't have like the typical harley quinn voice but then again right. that would almost be kind of cartoonish it's like a it's like a a, a really exaggerated like brooklyn accent kind of jersey, kind of jersey accent. yeah um, well, you know, growing up having watched the the batman animated series back in the 90s um I, I love that version of Harley Quinn and her that voice kind of like how a lot of people say Kevin Conroy 
uh, is the voice of Batman will always be Batman uh, from the cartoon show. That's I, kind I, of I like, my Harley. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. That's kind of that's kind of my Harley Quinn. Also, like, I I, I get why you couldn't do that voice uh, in a full length film. It would it would probably be distracting and and it almost off-putting. reminds me of the uh, secretary from Ghostbusters. What was her name? Yeah, like like uh, uh, Janine. Janine. Yeah, it's it's very similar. Right. Um, right. There's a little bit of that in the trailer, but obviously they, they 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 toned it down a bit. I think that's probably a good decision. You don't want to make her yeah. a complete caricature. You want to make her someone who's uh, I guess somewhat Branded relatable. And you know, bit, one yeah. of the reasons that this character became so popular is that female, um, you know. There are female nerds out there, and the female nerds uh, like the fact that this was a more kind of fleshed out, three-dimensional character. This wasn't like mm-hmm. your typical, just either damsel in distress. She or wasn't like, Lois Lane. Yeah, yeah, or just like female superhero who's basically just hot. Uh, she had a little bit of nuance to her, um, and that's why she got such a following. And so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they do with her. In the movie, um, obviously, she's part of a really big cast here. But you got to think that of all those characters, she would probably be the one that gets the most screen time. Would you probably yeah. would you agree with that? Well, that's that's the interesting thing. The first thing I noticed with this trailer is that the first central character that you see, other, I mean, like the first villain character that you meet is Harley Quinn, <clears throat> not Deadshot, not Will Smith's character, but Harley Quinn. So. They obviously know that people are psyched about seeing Harley Quinn on the big screen. Yeah, I mean, Deadshot's yes, Will probably, Smith is Deadshot, yeah. and and he's and probably he's, right. You know, if you're going to take bets, you would probably put him right at number two for the guy who gets the most screen definitely. time. Definitely. Now, here, here's the thing, and I don't know if you felt this uh, when you were watching it or not, but for me, watching that trailer, the only Suicide Squad members that I could differentiate were. Uh, Harley Quinn, Deadshot, and Killer Croc. Right, right. That was it. Those three, I'm like, okay, I got it. I know who those are. The rest of them, random, nameless, faceless dudes. Like, could I well, could the, not differentiate them at all. There's the guy with the white face. That guy's pretty. I mean, that guy is like doesn't look like anyone else. Oh, there's the there's the Asian chick too. The one with the sword. Right. Uh, I can't remember what her. Katana, maybe? Katana? No. Is that her name? Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's go with that. Um, Um, No, but the... ah, Jeez, what is his name? The guy with the white face, and he's got, like... I think he's, like, a sniper-type dude. Um, Yeah, Deadshot? It's not Deadshot. It's, uh... Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, But, yeah, dude, uh, it looks... I mean... I don't know. This it we, we we've talked about how like certain comic book movies have failed because they've tried to do too much at once. This is a movie where you're going to introduce like an like a bunch of all brand new characters all at once. That sounds mm-hmm. pretty difficult. Uh, but I, I would think that if they're smart, they'll spend most of the time on on Harley Quinn and I guess Deadshot because I think there's no other way that Will Smith would agree to do a movie unless he's like in it quite a bit. Um, right. And everyone else is probably going to take a bit of a backseat, um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those guys are just kind of like role players, if you will, coming off the bench. Maybe and, maybe, maybe some of them get killed off. In the maybe film some get well. killed off. You know, I, I do um, think it's it's still really interesting to me that Will Smith even did this movie. He he doesn't generally do movies where he's not clearly billed as the top guy. Um, and not only that, <laughs> and I think this trailer kind of proves the point, but. 
he also doesn't mo- do movies where he's not like this likable kind of charming oh, yeah. hero guy. A hero, yeah. Right, and so we're like, okay, he got cast for Suicide Squad. He's Deadshot. Deadshot is a, literally a guy that kills people for money. Now, he has an altruistic kind of purpose in the sense because he's trying to get money for his daughter who's like critically ill, I believe. Right. Um, so, so I get that. But yet the way Deadshot acts in the comics, he's like he's a tra- straight up villain. Like he's never kind of a hero, really. But the way Will Smith portrays him or the way they framed it in the trailer, uh, he just looks like a straight up hero. He just looks like the leader of a squad of people. Yeah. I mean, he even says, like, let's go save the Earth or something like that. Or let's go. Yeah. I don't remember what he says. says but Welcome to Earth. No, he says something like, let's go save. Oh, okay. You know, let's go save yeah, the let's go save the world. Let's go save the world. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is. First of all, that's like a perfect Will Smith line. I mean, that fits in perfectly with all the things that he's done on the movies. But doesn't I don't know if it quite fits in with Suicide Squad. You know what I mean? It's like right. That right. seems like a bit of weird casting. It's obviously still a trailer. We'll see what happens. It's hard to be too judgmental here on on this stuff. But um, but that was certainly yeah. my kind of original thought too. Was like, wait, is, are, is he? You know. Is he still going to be like the typical hero dude in this? Because I don't know how well that's going to work. Yeah, I don't know. It just, to me, it feels like they don't have the essence of the character down in that sense. But, you know, we'll see. Like you said, it's still early. Um, but I, I think really where we need to spend a lot of our time for, if we're going to be talking about Suicide Squad, is the Joker. Yeah. Um... Okay. <laughs> He does show up at the end, and he actually is in... I don't know if you caught it. Um, there's a quick shot of him earlier in the trailer walking down a, a corridor. Yeah. Um, again, it's a trailer. It's hard mm-hmm. to like really like have you know a full opinion on this stuff, but from what we've seen, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not too excited. <laughs> well, first of all, when, when that first image came out, of Joker with all the tattoos of Leto. The picture. The picture, yeah. and he's screaming. You know, it got a lot of bad publicity. People were like, what are these stupid tattoos? And then DC's response, I believe, was like, oh, that's just like, you know, that's just, I don't know, uh, something that we put together to celebrate the anniversary of Joker. It's not actually what it's going to look like in the movie. Trailer rolls around, and it's exactly <laughs> what it's going to look like in the movie. He's got all the same tattoos. He still has damage written across his forehead. And... Yeah. um I guess I know I don't want to harp on that stuff too much. But at the same time, it's like it's hard to get over that. Like it looks really stupid. It oh, it looks so dumb. On top of that, I noticed. I don't know if you saw this, but Harley Quinn has a tattoo on her face too, and it says "rotten" on her cheek. No, oh, I didn't notice that. So, <sighs> so now we have two characters in this movie that both have dumbass tattoos on their face. Um. It's just a little too much for me. I yeah. I definitely get that, you know, they don't want to do a Joker that's anything like Heath Ledger's Joker. So they went really, really far away from that. And they're trying to do something different. I applaud them for that. But mm-hmm. um doesn't mean I have to necessarily like where they're going here. And yeah, I'm not too crazy about it. I mean, Leto, I think, could could still bring something good to the role. He definitely yeah. looks scary. I'll- I mean, he does. I, he does look terrifying. Yeah. He does look terrifying. I like the voice. I like what he's doing in terms of the voice and the tone of voice. Um, you know, the thing about the Joker is he's 
usually presented as somebody who's very like put like he's crazy but he's put together at the same time like in the comics he has suits he's wearing suits all the time he's wearing three-piece suits you know he's kind of classy in a way he's got like a cane uh on many occasion um there are kind of newer interpretations of the joker where he's a little a little more off kind of the way jared leto's joker is portrayed uh but here's the weird thing, and this is what I think happened, right? So S- San Diego Comic-Con is happening. All the nerds are in a frenzy, right? As they should be. Like, this is the best. This is your Super Bowl. This is the time to celebrate. They show this trailer. The fans go nuts, especially when the Joker comes out. Here's the thing. These are the same fans that were like, oh, God. When they saw that still picture, they're like, this is bullshit. The Joker <laughs> looks stupid. All these tattoos. Are you seriously? He looks like a juggalo. This is insanely dumb. (laughs) These are the same fans. And now they're like, oh, this is the most accurate Joker comic representation ever. And they're losing their minds. And I think, you know, Warner Brothers was smart because they were counting on that. They were counting on just the euphoria of SDCC to carry it over. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I read a lot of just glowing reviews of it. Um, I I didn't really see a lot of negative a lot of negative press on it. Um, I think it's also so, kind of like when you see something new like that, especially when you're talking about all these new characters, you mm-hmm. finally get to see the Joker, who is you know one of the most popular and famous comic book characters of all time on the screen. Um, that just kind of lends itself to you know getting getting excited about something. Um, yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. We've talked about this on the show before. How Spider Man Three looked great on in a trailer form, and that didn't yeah. end up working very well in in movie length form. Um, so I don't know. It's hard to judge. I personally am not completely in love with what I've seen from the Joker so far, but I'm I'm, yeah. I'm certainly open to it. Um, and you know we, I, we 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 need to see more than just a, a two second clip. You know, like we got to yeah, see it's like so fast. Yeah, we got to see so like fast. how he can carry a scene as the Joker because that's 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 the key, yeah. right? Because I mean, the, the stuff that made Heath Ledger as the Joker so good were were those full scenes where you would just see his madness and yeah, um, and a lot of that has to do with the writing too. You know, and it's not just all on on Leto. If he's not given a good Definitely. script, you know, it's it's hard to make that character work. So yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I, like, I'm, I'm going to go see this movie cause I'm curious about it. I'm intrigued by it, but I, I'm not exactly like sold on it. To be honest to me and, and of all of the trailers, and this is even going across fantastic four, you know, all of them, all, every trailer for every film that's come, that's going to be coming out. This is the one that looks the most boring to me. Interesting. Um, so I would not use like, the word boring at all for this trailer. I, cause, well, that's the thing. It's just like a, it, it just seems like a jumbled mess. And I don't, the one part that grabbed my attention was the Batman on top of the, the, yeah, right. The sports car, the Italian sports car, whatever it is he's on. I was like, oh, that looks really cool. And I was like, oh, I want to see that. Other than that, and my own kind of personal curiosity for the Joker, nothing else about the film was like, oh, I want to see that. Or, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. It was just like, oh, look, they're against a wall. Oh, look, they're walking down the street. Oh, look, they're in a convenience store. I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. Like, just none of it. It's a good point. There's not a whole it, lot of action. Of grabbed me. You see, like, Deadshot going through me. a window, I guess. Um, yeah. You see a guy, like, applying 
I don't, I don't know. Is it makeup or? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh yeah, the guy with the in the mirror with the makeup. Yeah. So I, you know, now on the other hand, and I guess this will be a good time to segue into the next one is that, um, BVS the the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice trailer that that Warner Brothers DC released at San Diego Comic Con and is also available online in full glorious HD. That on the other hand, to me is really is building upon what they started with with the teasers and is 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 piquing my interest in that film yeah i gotta say i'm 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 totally sold with affleck as batman i know that when that casting news was announced a lot of people were not happy about it i i wasn't thrilled but uh from what i've seen so far i'm digging it i i think physically he's got the look down um Mm -hmm. and uh he looks really imposing in the batman suit it's like maybe the first Batman I've seen on screen that I'm like actually scared of. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't be scared of Batman, but like he really looks like he could fuck shit up. Um, right? Yeah, he looks terrifying. And 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 not only that, um, you know, and I know this is this is a scene you'll probably talk about a little bit later, but uh, the scenes where Ben Affleck is just Bruce Wayne, yeah, and like they're his you the maybe maybe this speaks to Ben Affleck's acting ability, but his kind of pensive look like it's an intense pensive brooding would you use the word brooding, brooding yeah brooding because <laughs> that's the word nature. everyone uses to describe Zack snyder movies um but but i mean it just is bruce wayne you know it's like this like he looks like he constantly feels like he's always failed yeah no i could see that way. there, there and is it, and it's yeah no i mean i think just looking at it Physically, without you know going into, you know the I guess his acting or or the scenes where he's going to be speaking, um, he totally looks the part, um, and and I, I agree. You know that some of those shots where you just see him like staring at the bat suit, um, they're almost like Kubrick esque. Yes, um, yes, and yes. I like that stuff. That's really cool. Oh, so yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of digging that. Um, I like where they're going with the Batman or character so far in the trailer. It looks it looks mm-hmm. interesting. Um, also, yeah, go ahead. No, is it Jeremy Irons is Alfred? Yeah, and he's got a great voice too. Such a mm-hmm. good voice. He's he's killing it. I love it. I I I'm like they're really getting the Batman side of this, which again should be the easier of the two to portray in a film right. to me. Uh, but that being said, they're they're not fucking it up. They're 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 doing a good job. It also seems like. Um, the way this is being presented, at least, is that mm-hmm. even though Superman is never going to be fully presented as a villain, he seems to be lined up more as a villain in this than Batman is. Batman seems like the guy who's out to to avenge the death of you know his employees and and I guess his family members too. Um, yeah. And at, at this point, we haven't seen a whole lot to make you know from Superman's perspective, uh, except I guess the first movie, but. Um, but it seems like the storyline is going to be very Batman driven and he's going to be essentially playing like the good guy role, um, the protagonist in a way and Superman more so the villain, though he of course will not actually be the villain, but, um, I don't know. That's interesting. And you know, they're, they're trying to explain, uh, why they're fighting. Cause there wasn't any of that in the first trailer. And that's why it said a mm-hmm. lot of, uh, fanboys, um, got them all uh, upset because they were like well, what's, why are they even fighting uh we see here that it's in response to the first superman movie where you know everything gets fucking destroyed and um including One of the buildings out, uh wayne yeah. 
Wayne Financial. Wayne Financial. Where we see that shot of uh, Bruce Wayne with the kid and then the broken <laughs> Wayne Financial shield on the ground, which, is, like I said, is like just the most prototypical Zack Snyder shot of all time. Like, just <laughs> yeah. everything that you would want to know just in one shot. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think... I think this trailer certainly does a much better job of telling the story or give, you know, getting you excited about what that story could be um, I, than Suicide Squad, which I still don't really definitely. know what the, what the story is. Yeah, I still don't know what's going on in Suicide yeah. Squad other than Amanda Waller has figured out a way to get these people to work together. And that, I mean, like not to thing. nitpick too much, but the first scene of that trailer, I mean, that is like the most boilerplate type, just like cop conversation. It's like, we need bad guys. <laughs> You got bad guys? Oh, I got the best bad guys. So, okay. What are you going to do with them? Well, I'm going to make them do good. How are you going to do that? I just got a way of, you know, convincing them to. <laughs> it's just like, ugh, what? I don't know. It's just, it, it just feels like like they're just trying to set it up so quickly that it, it just comes across as kind of like cartoonish. I love, I love how she's like, I put him in a hole, and then I threw away the hole. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> You're fired, screenwriter. Yeah, if you're if fired, the writing from that opening sequence is any indication. I'm not too excited about what's coming up here, um, especially after watching Will Smith go. Let's go save the world. See, and the thing is, it's a, it's a, it's a, and I get it. It's a thin line, you know. With comic book movies, you're dealing with these fantastic characters and creatures and storylines and plot lines. And they're crazy. They're all insane, right? They're all just this fantastical thing. But going back to BVS, you've got Jesse Eisenberg off screen just doing a voiceover part in the trailer. And he goes, the red capes are coming. Yeah, yeah. The red capes are coming. Which is on its own a ridiculous line as well. But the way they frame it within the trailer, like it fits and I think it adds and kind of shows like maybe where the mentality of a lot of the, the the people of Earth are, you know, what their perspective is toward Superman. Right. And we haven't even you talked I mean? like, about Lex Luthor, who's in this trailer quite a bit. We haven't yeah. even talked about Wonder Woman, but uh, Lex Luthor has hair, <laughs> quite a bit of it. Yeah. That's, is that a wig? It looks like one. It, it looks so weird to me. It's a little distracting. Yeah. But uh, anyway, your, your thoughts on Eisenberg? Is this? Are you just setting this up as a segue? Because I feel like that's what you're doing here. Um, no, 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 no. I'm asking okay. for your thoughts on Eisenberg. Oh, um, okay. If I'm being totally honest, I'm not. I'm not sold on it yet. I'm not no saying. I'm not saying I won't get there, but from what I've seen, um, not blowing me away. I, I kind of okay. wish he was. He was older. Yeah, it seems like he is a little young. Yeah. Um, I agree. We'll see how that plays out. This is in my mind. This is how it is. Right. In my mind, pretend Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. I'm going to call it BVS for now. I'm not going to keep saying that damn <laughs> title. Uh, pretend BVS is a seesaw, right? And after this trailer, the Batman side of the seesaw is way up. Yeah. And the Superman and all related Superman characters side of that seesaw is down at the bottom. So a seesaw, I mean, it's basically a straight line, right? So it would have to be It's the a straight same line route. on a pivoted on a pivoted okay okay thing. so superman could be down i you could like he could be down lower or higher than batman is up you know what i mean like it's not a straight line on that graph 
Anyway, it doesn't no, fucking it's, matter. It's, 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 it's literally a seesaw. It's a teeter-totter. So, okay. like, there's a, a So a, Superman's a, a at the bottom. Right. Batman's up. So, like, as Batman goes up, Superman goes down. And as Superman okay. goes up, Batman goes down. And what I mean is my interest in these characters in this film. Right now, Batman is way up here on one side, and Superman is inversely related low. Yeah, I agree, actually. And um, and we'll have to see as time moves closer to the actual release of the film if they can balance that out a little more. I think it's that's a hard thing to do because Batman, just by his own nature of what he is, is a more interesting character. Of course, yeah. Superman, um, honestly, has never really been all that interesting to me. Um, so it's not a whole lot you can do with him. He's just like pure but in, good. But in my mind, in order for this film to be successful, they need to try to get it to be as level as possible in terms of interest in both of those characters. Right. Um, we'll see if they can do that. Um, Wonder Woman shows up twice in this trailer. They don't really explain yeah. why she's there or what she's doing, but she's immediately fighting. She's just fighting, so we know that she will be involved in a fight. We don't know what the hell she's going to be doing, uh, but she's in it. Um, and, of course, Lex Luthor, who's got the the red capes are coming line. Um, and the kryptonite. And, of course, the kryptonite. Yeah. S- speaking of Lex Luthor, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg was also in the news this week because of what he said about Comic-Con. Did you hear about this? Did you read about this? <laughs> uh, yeah, the please enlighten the. This the was CBC pretty funny. Universe. It got totally blown out of proportion, <laughs> and I'm not trying to make a bigger deal out of this than it is because to me it's just right. funny. But like, they asked him to describe his experience at Comic Con, and he he basically Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse, playing did I say Luther. his name wrong? Oh no, I don't know. I'm just reaffirming that. Um, they and he said it was something like being screamed at by thousands of people. And he says something like, "I don't know what the experience is like throughout history. Probably some kind of genocide." <laughs> <laughs> so of course the headline uh, became Jesse Eisenberg thinks Comic Con is a genocide. <laughs> it's like genocide, <laughs> and people oh, were like, man. "What the fuck?" Um, of course he's come back and said that he was just trying to clarify hyperbole, and he didn't mean that. Um, I don't know who could actually think he actually meant it was a genocide because last time I checked, people aren't being murdered left and right at Comic Con. Uh, right. I don't know. Maybe they are. I've never actually been. Maybe uh, maybe maybe fans' dreams or like their opinions of these characters as they get translated <laughs> into movies are dying. Right. But that's not quite the same thing. But according to him, I mean, he just he actually felt like legitimately completely overwhelmed at Comic Con. Overwhelmed. Yeah. I would imagine it, it would well, be pretty overwhelming. Um, well, just knowing, just just yeah. just the fucking nerd bo alone would be overwhelming. Oh, I mean, could you just imagine it would, what it smells like in that place? I feel like, uh, like I know you don't watch Game of Thrones, but like in Game of Thrones, all the royalty they carry around these necklaces that have like perfume in them. Right. So basically, anytime they have to go out in the public because it smells like shit everywhere. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, I need they, to do that. they they put the little perfume necklace thing up to their nose, like to try to help them. That's probably a similar situation. Um, so here's the thing about Jesse Eisenberg. Like, if you notice his acting style. If you've ever heard him talk in interviews, he kind of reminds me a little bit of of the character Richard from Silicon Valley. <laughs> He's got a little bit of that social awkwardness and um, just kind of anxiety. There's like an anxiety undercurrent to who Jesse Eisenberg seems to be. Now, he's an actor, and maybe this is all a put-on or whatever, but I kind of suspect that 
on his own accord that he's a bit he gets a little anxious sometimes and that's just kind of who he is so being presented with this sea of people i mean this wave of fervent passionate fans just going nuts you know it's got to be especially if this was his first time it's got to be overwhelming for sure yeah so that's you know i don't suspect like as you said i don't suspect that he actually legitimately meant to compare it like as a genocide no and like um, people i mean just comments just get blown out of proportion so easily yeah. I, I do just, i do kind of like the fact talking. that he didn't apologize and he was just like guys i was using hyperbole like get over it and I mean, that's that's the appropriate response <laughs> right, right people need to stop overreacting to stupid shit like this um but you know at the other on the other hand you know eisenberg has proven to be a pretty apt actor um apt actor is yeah apac he's an apac mm-hmm. and um would you could you maybe see possibly as a as a as a um theory that maybe he's going full lex luther and he's he's trying to heal it up i, I hope so a little bit yeah no i hope so um that would be great. Yeah, I mean, if he was in character, that rake would be the coals. better. He's just trying to rake the coals a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, which would be great. And maybe he has a, a, a larger control of the character than we think at this point. Oh, you know, sorry to go back to Suicide Squad, but one thing that no. I remembered now was the the song that plays in it is that I started a joke. Um, oh, Which is okay, funny wait. because it's like, okay, you got the Joker in it. But then there, yeah. it's also like a uh, a more kind of operatic version of that song. I guess is it is it does it not remind you? I was, okay, yes, I believe we're going to say the exact same thing because I had this comment prepared. But go ahead. Me too. Go ahead. Age of Ultron. Yes. But no strings on me. Yes. Right. That's, that's the fucking first thing, thing I thought. I, me too. Me too. Me too. That's really funny. I I forgot to bring that up earlier. Also, and of but course, yeah, I've made the, the comment a couple times, and I don't I don't mean to hate on DC. I don't really have a, a horse in the race here. I I like both of them. Uh, but I want them all to succeed. I want them all to succeed. Always. But like, yeah, I've noticed, or I I mean, I feel like DC has, um, you know, taken some notes from Marvel. And when I heard that in the trailer, I was like, oh, that's that feels very much like let's try to do something that's kind of like the Age of Ultron trailer. Maybe I'm wrong, yeah. but it really did come across. No, I know. Me too. I would be so surprised if that conversation didn't happen somewhere <laughs> behind closed doors in Warner Brothers DC Comic Studios. Like, I, like, yeah, I thought the exact same thing. And, you know, and to their credit, like, okay, if you crib a few things off of Marvel Studios, Marvel Studios has been so successful, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, no. sure, go ahead and look at what they did and maybe use it somewhat as a template. But you might want to be a little more finessed with how you do that. A little that. more discreet. And a little more discreet and a little more nuanced. It is kind of brilliant, uh, yeah. though, because like if you were to play that original song on its own, it would just come across as kind of campy and too on the nose. But mm-hmm. if you like make it more operatic or change it up, it all of a sudden becomes artsy. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. understand why that is, but it does. Yeah. And it, it makes it yeah. seem so much cooler, so... I don't blame them for taking yeah, it. It was it's pretty good. So it worked fun. well in the Ultron. <laughs> as soon as you brought that up, I was like, oh my God, I was going to be. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I'm glad that. I'm sure we're not the only ones. Um, we are probably the only uh, Hispanically led podcast right, in yeah. the universe that has brought comic up this book point. Podcast, yeah. so, comic book podcast. But um, yeah, uh, we'll have to see what else. You know, maybe we should try to keep a tally as these things happen. Of what DC kind of kind of steals from Marvel, right? Um, 
But like you've said before, and it, this is just, I'm not trying to hate on DC. They have a lot of catching up to do. You've said that many times. And just through matter of fact, like based on timelines, yeah, Marvel's been at this since what, 08? Right, yeah. So yeah, DC does have some catching up to do. Um, here, here's another question, and, and if you don't know the answer, because I definitely don't know the answer, but is this Batman in the BVS Batman? Is he supposed to be the same Batman that Christopher, uh, that uh, Christian Bale's Batman was? Oh, why wait? Why wouldn't it be? I, I don't know. I mean, I just so, uh, so like everything that happened in the in the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, is that continuity for BVS as well? It's a good question. I mean, I think, like, I don't think that the movie is necessarily going to, like, reference anything that happened in those films. Right. But, but I just mean for, like, fan reference. Because like, this is supposed to be an older Batman. It's supposed to be, you know, 20, maybe 25 years since he's retired, supposedly, I mean, more or less. Right. I don't, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, there's also a shot in the trailer where you see it looks like the, the you know, Bruce Wayne's family being shot. Um, yeah. So they might try to do a bit of an, another little origin story. So we might just be starting from square one again. That's a good question. Though. I don't know. Um, we'll have to find out. If, I don't if think it is the same Batman, stated. I don't, I still don't think that they're going to actually say that. Right. Like, you might want to believe that but i don't think they're going to say anything i am interested in oh. what what the timeline is between suicide squad and batman versus superman like i don't know where they rank in timeline uh you know from in, in reference to one another right that's a good question as well well i mean these are all things we're going to have to find out as as time goes on one last thing i want to talk about in bvs and then we can move on i don't know if you happen to see it but there's a quick shot of what i originally thought was a batman suit right yeah with a bunch of graffiti on yeah. it and it said something to the effect of like ha ha the joke's on you yeah right but when i went back and watched the trailer because i've seen it a handful of times now the that's not a batman suit oh i thought it was what is it, it? no it has an r on the chest off to the side it looks like it's a robin suit oh wow but it's so but it's black isn't it? But it, it is black. Um, what I'm wondering, and maybe they'll go into this. Not This is all conjecture on my part. I have nothing to base this off of. All right, so don't worry about spoilers, everyone out there. Is it possible that the Joker killed Robin or caused Robin great harm or injury? And that's what originally caused Batman to retire to begin with? Oh, wow. Interesting. And then so, now the Joker is, you know, so... The Joker is definitely in BVS, or do we know Do we know that? No, no, no. He's not definitely in BVS, but, you know, we saw Batman for a brief moment in the Suicide Squad trailer on, I believe, Joker's car. Yeah. So, you know, I wonder if there's even a chance that maybe Suicide Squad takes place before Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and that might actually in be out of, there now. We can look at timeline that up, continuity. But yeah, I don't know either. I'm not sure, but that's that's uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, if uh, I've never been a big Robin fan, I don't think we need him. But no, I like. I honestly, that was one of my favorite things about um, you know the Dark Knight Just uh, uh, Rises. Yeah, with JGL. Oh, one, I'm a huge fan of JGL, as you know. 
but I love how they handled kind of the Robin because technically he's the Robin character. Yeah. I love how they handled it there. I was like, that, that's great. What, that's, what's going to happen? Is he going to play Robin someday? I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like he's he's done with yeah. the whole DC stuff, but I, I don't know. Maybe. Um, okay, so... All right, DC fans, what do you think? I mean, you know, we, we just jam-packed a whole 40, 40 minutes, minutes on, on all on DC, DC stuff. There you so go. Yeah. Let, let's, you know, we keep hearing from you guys that you guys want more DC. Well, there you go. Give us some feedback. What do you guys think about the Suicide Squad trailer? What do you think about BVS? Did you like one more than the other? Uh, what, does it make you more psyched for both films? Are you less psyched for one or the other? I'm very curious to hear what everyone has to think. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood podcaster Alfred here, and uh, we were lucky enough here at uh, Combo Characters to have an inside man at San Diego Comic-Con, a friend of the podcast, Tim Hennessy. Now, Tim's actually a vet of San Diego Comic-Con. He's been there uh, several times, Um, but more than that, he actually got into Hall H uh, the day where they did the Star Wars panel. And that big uh, symphonic concert um, afterwards. And so we, we actually have uh, direct audio from him speaking about the event that whole day uh, and that experience. There's some really good stuff. Um, you know, we, we actually wanted to cut this down originally to maybe about five minutes, but it's so good. We're going we're gonna to play it in its entirety here. Uh, it's about 15, 16 minutes, but it's totally worth a listen. Hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, without further ado, here it is, uh, Tim Hennessy with his Hall H experience for the Star Wars panel at San Diego Comic-Con. All right, so my uh, my Hall H experience, uh, I guess it was July 10th in San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, long story about me getting in there, it was kind of a miracle last minute thing, but when I got in, I mean, it was just, I, I think the... The prospect of the Star Wars The Force Awakens panel at the end of the day kind of kind of infused an excitement throughout the, those days' panels. I mean, they were they were heavy hitters. They had you know Game of Thrones panel. They had Walking Dead. They had the uh, the inaugural Fear the Walking Dead panel, which would be a big draw, I think, uh, no matter what day or where it was at. Uh, so the fact that all those were in one hall was really crazy. I mean, I thought the line was going to be nuts just from the Star Wars panel alone, but I mean, there were people lining up unofficially. I mean, some people said Tuesday. I know Wednesday night people were lined up, and that, like I said, wasn't even the real line. So people were risking getting shut out, getting told that their line had to disband, but people were out there days and days, hours and hours. So it was just going to be huge. And so, uh, you know, getting in there, it was just exciting walking in with people, knowing that they finally made it getting that wristband, getting seated. Uh, the first panel of the day was an animation panel, some of the uh, the uh, award-winning shorts, uh, one from Pixar, one from some uh, some other companies I can't think of offhand. Uh, but they were all fun. You know, Some were comedy, some were kind of intense, some were a little uh, interpretive maybe. Uh, but it seemed that every panel was introed and people were just kind of like, hey, I know you're not really here for Star Wars, I know you're here for me, you know, kind of making that joke that, they knew what everyone was on everyone's mind, even though it wouldn't be, you know, for nine hours. But, uh, 
yeah, so start off some animation panels that were really good and and fun to watch, and then you know a little mini break, and then I believe the next one up was, and the order might be mixed up in my head, but uh, you know they had the actual Walking Dead panel, and uh, Robert Kirkman couldn't make it because he had a throat surgery and wasn't able to speak, so he canceled all of his his uh, all of his appearances. But uh, you know the, the cast came out, they had all the heavy hitters there, and uh, it was fun. It was just you know it was really good to kind of hear from some of the new uh, the newer characters on there like uh like ford uh, some of the returning characters you know like uh lenny uh lenny i forget his last name but morgan the character morgan he was really good came out there and kind of they really couldn't say too much I and mean, that's the thing these panels sometimes they're in the middle of filming or they just finish filming and it's really spoiler heavy so they don't so much get into the comics or or what's coming up but really what they've done and so there are a lot of non-answers and then of course they show the trailer for the upcoming season, which is exciting. You know, it's the premiere of the trailer before it gets leaked, you know, minutes later. Uh, the Fear of the Walking Dead cast I thought was really good. Uh, definitely a strong uh, Latino vibe to it. You know, Ruben Blades and the uh, the mom from Orange is the New Black. I, I can't remember her name, but just the family, the dynamics. Uh, I guess it makes sense taking place in L.A., I guess, you know, South L.A., what they want to kind of kind of reflect that. Uh, and they said it's going to have a different feel from The Walking Dead, different, you know, different kind of show, really, in a lot of ways. Uh, but once again, not much they could show. They just started shooting, and a lot of the actors actually didn't know too much about their character because they've only, you know, they know two scripts worth. And so it was kind of a a non-starter in a lot of ways. But you know, I, they, they spoke a little bit, but they didn't know too much. And so that was interesting. I hadn't, hadn't been doing an inaugural panel before. Uh, then we had the Game of Thrones. Uh, that was exciting, uh, just because I love Game of Thrones. But you know, there's no George R. R. Martin because he, of course, has sworn off all cons the rest of this year, just so he can finish up his book. Uh, Lena Headey, she just given birth, I think, maybe a day before, so she wasn't there. Uh, uh, Jamie Lannister, the Kingslayer. You know, uh, uh, Nikolai Walter Kostow, he couldn't make it. Or he just wasn't invited, but some of the some of the bigger names were not there. So we had uh, you know Samuel Tarley, I think John Bradley's his name, uh, the woman who plays Gilly. You know it was kind of like the junior cast, uh, but they were fun. They were uh, entertaining. But you know the writers and the and the producers weren't there. It was just kind of like the B team, the B squad. Uh, no casting news, of course. No mention of you know John, uh, Kit Harrington's fate. Uh, so they kind of teased at it, but it just seemed like everything was really. When Star Wars coming on? When Star Wars coming on? So, you know, we got through that. And, uh, you know, I think there might have been one more panel in there, but I'm telling you, like, the the entire day is just dominated by that Star Wars panel. So uh, what was really neat was I guess a lot of people, including myself, maybe kind of forgot about the prequels, kind of forgot about the drama, forgot about the, maybe the George Lucas hate or the George Lucas love, wherever you may, you may stand on that side of it, kind of the Jar Jar factor. Uh, I think we all just knew we were there and part of something special and it was completely a shared experience. I mean, right before the panel, there's just this buzz, this energy. I had a friend, uh, my roommate last year from Australia, he's a huge Star Wars fan, couldn't get in, was blowing up my phone, wanting to get an update in real time. And I talked to him a few days later and he said, just the energy in the hall, outside of Hall H, the actual convention floor, uh, was just amazing. People knew right now the Star Wars panel was going on, you know, feet away. 
And uh, as the panel went on, they could hear the cheering from there and just the screaming. And, and, and there was just a real buzz. You know, people lined up just to be outside the hall, even though they couldn't get in. And were just filming, you know, the, the sounds they were hearing from there. So it was just a real neat thing because it just felt like you were kind of the center of this universe. And uh, a lot of people debate, you know, whether it's worth lining up 17 hours, 24 hours, 36 hours for footage that's going to leak minutes later. Uh, for artists and actors that might not show up. But I think for that Star Wars panel, you know, J.J. Abrams, he came out and he said basically that, like, you may, in fact, you know, see this footage minutes later and people might, you know, feel like they were there, but they are not here. There's something to be said to be in this room with 6,500 other passionate fans to see it for the first time, to see it live. Like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. You know, there's not going to be another new Star Wars, you know, trilogy starter, really. You know, they're... You know, Star Wars was there back in the in the '60s and '70s, uh, and it was that I guess it was maybe Empire that kind of pr- had its kind of first con premiere at the early Comic Con in San Diego, and then they had, of course, you know, the prequels were there in the uh, late '90s and early 2000. They actually revealed, you know, Revenge of the Sith, you know, the title at Comic Con. So there's a history there, and now this is the first, you know, post classic trilogy first film. And to be there for that was something special. And, uh, yeah, it was an hour-long panel. It just felt extremely professional. There's an air of class to it. I mean, just, I don't know if it was the lighting or, or just the way they did it, but they, they brought out, you know, the animatronic, the Baba Joe, I think his name was. Uh, they wanted to get across to fans that, you know, while we have to use special effects, while we have to use green screen, we're going to use it in moderation. This is... We want to get back to the, the practical effects, the the real feel of this very, you know, fake universe. We want it to feel real. We want to get that magic back. And so they brought out Baba Joe, uh, which was an animatronic controlled by five people. And just to see the detail and walk out there, walked in a circle. I think it, you know, knocked over Chris Hardwick's microphone at one point. Uh, it was just really neat that it was such a fan service. They wanted us to see, like, behind the scenes, like, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's what we use to film. Here's where we want to go with it. And... uh so after Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Uh, Abrams, you know, had their little intro and they showed the special effects and they talked to us, uh, they brought out, you know, the new cast. And so they had, you know, John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac. Uh, they, they each spoke a little bit. John Boyega had a funny story, you know, about uh, Harrison Ford. And the funny thing is, you know, if, if as I said, if as, as I said earlier, you know, the, the early panels, kind of always had that specter of the Star Wars panel hanging over them, you know, just the kind of buzz about it. I, I do think when they finally got to the actual cast and the actual real panel, everyone was kind of, you had the kind of the specter of Harrison Ford, I think, hanging over. You know, is he going to appear? Is Han Solo going to be here? He wasn't at Celebration uh, because, you know, recovering from, from his injuries sustained in his plane crash. So, you know, people just kind of can't wait for that announcement. But they, they start with a new cast, so... Uh, so John Boyega starts with a story about, you know, while they were filming, uh, I think they were in Zimbabwe, I think he said, but they went, they went to a, uh, a restaurant and every, with, he went to the restaurant with Harrison Ford and every single person in that restaurant knew, oh my God, this is Han Solo, this is Harrison Ford. And so, you know, the uh, worker comes up and is like, excuse me, are you, are you Harrison Ford? And John Boyega's like, you know, and in classic, in classic Harrison style, he said, I used to be. And everyone just dies laughing. Like, the man can make anything seem badass. And, uh, you know, then they, they brought out the, the three new baddies. 
And so you got Adam Driver, who's acting a little weird and not super talkative. Maybe he's trying to just kind of be standoffish, kind of kind of feel like a bad guy. I don't know. But then Adam Driver, uh, Dom Hall Gleason, and then uh, I think the person who got one of the biggest pops early on uh, was Gwendolyn Christie, uh, you know, Game of Thrones uh, fame. She plays uh, Captain Phasma, Phamsa, Phasma, I believe. Uh, she she was a huge hit, and I do I do think like the entire Friday, all, all the panels I saw, there was a, a really neat kind of woman power kind of feel to it with all the characters and a lot of things they were, they were talking about. You know, with Game of Thrones, with the the new Fear of the Walking Dead, uh, with Star Wars, just you know, basically you know, kick ass women. So that was pretty neat, and so she got a big pop, uh, and then and then people you know the moment a lot of people were waiting for the the legacy cast so. They brought out, you know, Carrie Fisher. There's a big roar. They brought Luke, uh, uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, he spoke a little bit. There's a nice big pop for that one. And finally, Harrison Ford. And, ah, people stand up, you know, screaming. He comes out and uh, walking seemingly fine. Uh, it was funny because one of the questions asked to him was, you know, hey, how's your leg? Can you move around? He's like, didn't you just see me? You know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not that old. And so later that night at the concert, uh, they announced the the crew the cast again, and he used his lightsaber as a cane and did the really overly exaggerated old person walk. It's pretty funny, uh, just kind of playing off that question from earlier. But uh, yeah, once they announced the, the legacy cast, uh, people were just screaming, people were crying. It was it was like the whole family was back together again. Uh, it was just funny. I, I remember one of the questions asked was, uh, you know, what's it feel like? You know, to, to Mark Hamill, what's it feel like knowing that you kissed your 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 movie sister? I think it was, and you know, big huge laugh. And I think Harrison Ford was like, you know, I, I try to tell the man, what was the joke? Here, let me see. We're gonna have to edit this part. Uh, he's made a joke basically that you know to this day Luke's still mad at him and he's tried to apologize repeatedly or something along those lines. But it's just a fun, you know, uh, a fun little you know reference to that you know scene that kind of grosses everyone out now. But they really played well off of each other, and they seemed to really enjoy being around each other. And uh, and once again, it was just like a, you know, I guess the wonderment and the love I felt was back. You know, as far as I was concerned with with Star Wars, you know, all the, all the bullshit. I think the things I have issues with uh, just kind of washed away. You know, it just it seems like a fresh start, and it was just really, you know, like I'm hinting at a really neat and fun experience. And then, as everyone knows now. Uh, they they said, hey, you know, guys, this is awesome, but you know, while we can't show you footage, while we're not ready to show you anything as far as a new trailer, uh, that's something we're gonna do later in the fall, and that's actually what J.J. Abrams opened with. He kind of announced, you're not gonna see a new trailer today, and everyone kind of figured, you know, they're saving that for the the Disney convention next month. Uh, but he said, you know, it's not ready yet. But we want to show you something. So they showed the first little teaser clip of the filming, and then they announced the cast, and they showed another little teaser. And then J.J. Abrams said, you know, hey, you know, this is special. And it wouldn't feel right to end on that note. And so at this point, we're thinking, okay, he lied to us. He's going to show this new trailer. But in, instead, he announced, you know, the, the amazing thing they had in line for us. You know, hey, do you guys like the Star Wars music? You'd say you're fans, right? And, of course, everyone cheers. And how would you like to go to a concert? <sighs> you know, there's a cheer. I don't think I really, really quite got it yet. He said, you know, how, how would you like to go to a concert tonight? And there was a little bit of a what, you know, more of a cheer. And then, you know, as I'm sure you've seen online, he, he then said, you know, we 
we want to do something special for you guys. So the city of San Diego, for some reason, agreed to this. But we want to take everyone in this hall and walk you to a, a location to watch a live symphony. And everyone just exploded. And he said, everyone's going to get in. Six, all 6,500 people are going to be able to get in. Uh, you know, people were losing their mind at that point. Uh, but what they did recognize, what I was afraid of, but didn't didn't come to fruition, was you know we want this to be a non tragic event. Everyone here is getting in. Do not you do not need a rush. We want to get out. We want to show San Diego and show that you know this the city that we can handle this. So, want to slowly and calmly leave the hall. There'll be people handing out lanyards with your ticket, and like I said, everyone's getting in. There's no need to rush. No need to cut. And we're gonna walk slowly uh, and awesomely following these stormtroopers to the symphony, you know, uh, on the marina. And so right then everyone just picked up their stuff, got on their phones, canceled the reservations. Uh, poor Kevin Smith, he had the next panel, and there was no one in the hall. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of the pictures. Eventually filled back up a little bit, but, you know, 6,000-plus people just were like, see you later. I called up two friends and told them, hey, dinner is canceled. I'm sorry. It was a once-in-a-lifetime event and uh i come to san diego i line up for the, something like this and so i said i'll make it up to you but i'm being selfish i'm doing this and so we all you know gathered our our things and probably took a good 20 minutes to get out and another maybe 20 minutes to walk all the way there you know stopping along the way and uh while we're waiting you know these big black suburbans come by windows roll down and what do you know there's freaking mark hamill luke skywalker with his hand out and i stick it out and high five Luke Skywalker and as stupid as that is like you know that that three second four second interaction uh, I think that was probably the highlight of my con was saying I gave a high five to Luke Skywalker as you know I was walking to a Star Wars symphony just for me and uh and I'm I'm sure you've seen the footage uh of that concert but it was really weird it was just Comic-Con can be a very uh disappointing uh faith in humanity losing event sometimes the way people act uh but what was so crazy was that it felt like i was in a family of 6500 people like it, it was such like i said such a shared experience we knew we were in a treat we knew we were, we were part of something special before the panel started and then when they announced that concert it was just like all of us walking there was no there was no rushing there was no cutting there was no trying to one up people like it was just a big family a big Star Wars family walking to the marina, walking to the big open field to li listen to the San Diego Symphony put on a concert just for us. And they gave us lightsabers, and it was just a lot of love, I guess, and a lot of good feelings and just awesomeness, you know. And I, I think that was a truly magical moment, like a, a once-in-a-lifetime type of thing. And uh, just to be part of that, I felt extremely lucky extremely uh, blessed I guess you could say and in some ways it kind of ruined the rest of the con for me because it just I felt the sadness after you know like I didn't have my family there anymore we all went our separate ways and went back to the regular con life which is very much not the real world but it was just something so singular and so shared at the same time that it was just it was just really amazing and uh yeah you know nighttime in San Diego with 6,000 plus lightsabers in the air and fireworks going off it was just only at Comic-Con, man. That was, that was one of those only at Comic-Con moments. So so that was my Friday. That was my Hall H. The bar's been set high. 
Uh, it was amazing. I was even in that hall based on what had happened and how I got in there. And But I got in, and it was definitely worth it. So uh, I hope you guys uh, got a little, little taste of it. Uh, it was truly amazing experience. And there you have it. Uh, so big thanks to Tim for recording that for us. We really appreciate it. And uh, now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Um, I want to talk next, if you don't mind, about the trailer that for me was... I still haven't seen in super great quality because it hasn't been officially released. Stole the show. But, stole the show and is maybe the best example of a film translation of a comic book character that I have seen to date. And that is the Deadpool trailer. Yeah. Uh, it was, it, it went over huge in Comic-Con. Uh, the fans were cheering for them to play it one more time afterwards. Um, it's cool because it is, it's completely different. Not only is it uh, a different character who, well, we haven't seen in this iteration before, um, right. but uh, what's kind of jarring about it um, is that it's it's rated R and there's a lot of cussing and it's extremely violent. You extremely know, violent. One of the things, like like Captain America Winter Soldier was one of the better comic book movies that's come out in the last 10 years. But, you know, I was sitting there, I remember thinking like, you know, this is cool and all and I like the story and I'm into it, but it's a little weird to see so many people die and not see a drop of blood anywhere. Well, when you watch the Deadpool trailer, <laughs> you don't feel that way at all. Like this looks like a, a Tarantino movie, basically. Like yeah, a lot of cussing. That's, that's actually what it reminded me of. And a yeah. lot of violence. Um, hyper violence. Hyper violence. Um, I I generally am kind of like on the fence about stuff that is like a little too glorifying of violence especially just kind of needless violence, but I'm, I'm really interested to see what, what's going to happen with this. Um, like you said, it's probably the most faithful representation of the comic. Um, you got, like, the wisecrack in Deadpool. You know, you obviously have, like, the extreme violence. Um, it, I, I don't really know what the storyline is. It seems like Deadpool is basically just killing everyone <laughs> in this trailer. Everybody comes in contact with you. Yeah. So I don't uh, know. I, I mean, but it's it's definitely intriguing, and people were losing their shit for it. Uh, Ryan Reynolds yeah. has obviously tried uh, to fit in in comic book movies in the past, and has failed pretty spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Not not blaming him for it, but just because he's been in some really bad movies, um, he seems to really be tailor made for this Deadpool character, though. Yeah. So, for those of you that, that don't know, the Deadpool project has actually been a, a pet or passion project for Ryan Reynolds for the last 10 years. I mean, he's been trying to get this movie made, like, he himself. Um, so, a couple of, like, one, one interesting little tidbit I'll throw out there is that I know for a fact that he actually had conversations with Fox Studios, and initially they, they had a much larger budget for the film. But that budget came with a lot of studio interaction, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of notes, a lot of like we got we want to do it this way and that way. Here's the merchandising we want to do and so on. And Ryan Reynolds and one of the things that they were pushing for was a PG thirteen rating. Right. And Ryan Reynolds was like, No, fuck that. Like like seriously, no, fuck that. Like, cause we, we can't do this film. He's like, You can't do this film as a PG thirteen film. It can't be done. 
um, if if that's what you're going, he's like, I'm out. Like, I'm don't don't even do it. We're not even going to do it. So he basically negotiated a hard R rating, and not necessarily creative control, but but basically more of a hands off approach from Fox Studios. And the reason that Fox Studios even agreed to any of that was that they were like, okay, okay, you want all of these concessions? We are like slashing your budget. Right, because right. we don't we don't want to lose money, and he said that's fine. He's like, I can we can do this movie for a lot less money, and it can still be the film that we need it to be. And so I think I suspect that this movie is going to be very successful. At the very least, I think it's going to be very entertaining. Well, I think and, he certainly endeared himself to comic book fans too, um, just yeah. with that. And I think he personally has he knows that Green Lantern sucked. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He knows that the Deadpool that came out in that Wolverine film was whatever the fuck that was, <laughs> was not what Deadpool was supposed to be. I think, you know, I don't know. I don't know Ryan Reynolds. Right. But I kind of feel like he took it personally. Like he's like, no, I need to make up for all this bullshit. And I'm tired of people associating me with Green Lantern. And like, yeah, that's not or what associated I'm about. Me with really bad comic book movies. Um, yeah. And, and, and so he made it kind of like his goal, like his mission to get this done. And I, like I said, I don't know if it's going to be successful. I suspect that it will be wildly successful, at least on the level of the first kick-ass film. And I think it will be ultimately very entertaining. And I think we kind of owe a little bit to Ryan Reynolds for really sticking his neck out there and trying to make this happen. Cause this is not an easy film to make uh, the way that, that it sh- the w- if you want to make it like the way the comic is. Yeah, um, and there's a there's a part in the trailer that's like uh, I think it's basically just that that um, like animated scene that came out a while ago. Yeah, yeah, the one that came out last year. Yeah, it was literally a year ago. And I think that's yeah, actually the in the trailer. I, I, at least it, it looked like it to me. And the it the is blurry, well, parts of yeah. it are, and and I actually read that that was a nod to the fans because it was the fan reaction from that test footage. That yeah, right. That got the ball rolling. It's, so yeah. it it, okay. it seems like they're really trying to take care of the fan in this particular film more than any other that I've ever you know heard of I think to this point yeah I mean since comic books are really dominating the movie landscape um, you got to wonder if there's gonna be a place now for comic books that push the envelope a little bit more you know you'll have like your comic book movies that are more geared towards a kind of broader audience and then something like this that's clearly has Mm -hmm. an adult audience in mind um it'll be interesting to see how well it does um it also just looks really funny you got tj is it tj miller tj miller i ask you this i I love the guy he's awesome in silicon valley and silicon valley he's got a couple funny moments in this trailer where he like (laughs) Describes Deadpool, Deadpool's face as looking like the topographical map of Utah, or like getting face fucked by the topographical map of Utah, or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. So that looks that looks really funny too. Um, from what I read, I like, I like, uh, Ryan Reynolds filmed something yeah. in the Deadpool costume uh, that was then shown to the to the Comic Con fans uh, right before the trailer was shown, where he says something like, "Brought to you by the studio that sewed my fucking mouth shut the first time," in reference to. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool's first appearance in um, X Men Wolverine, or uh, Wolverine Origins, right? Um, yeah, Wolverine uh, Origins. So anyway, uh, it seems like it's got a good sense of humor to it. It's going to have plenty of violence. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, it, it looks it looks really promising and really good. And it was what basically everyone was talking about from Comic Con this weekend. 
Yeah, I think Fox has really gained a lot of momentum. You know, uh, there's been a lot of pressure from fans and stuff for, like, Fox to just give the properties back to Marvel Studios or work a deal out, you know, because, you know, they're like, you fucked up the Fantastic Four films, the, the first two Fantastic Four films, like, Days of Future Past is really good, but X-Men 3 is an abomination, you know, so I think they're they're garnering a lot of goodwill here with the Deadpool trailer. Uh, that's great. One of my other, real quick, with the TJ Miller, he also compares uh, Deadpool's face to an avocado fucked by an older avocado <laughs> right <laughs> like a, like a, like a, i guess a more spoiled avocado um yeah anyway i'm i'm super psyched for deadpool i'm i don't know i think i might be more excited for deadpool than than everything but the spider-man film that's gonna come out wow uh, uh, so deadpool right now is, is above civil war slightly wow. just ever so slightly yeah yeah. That's surprising. Anyway, so another another so Fox had a great panel. You know, we were talking about it earlier in the podcast. Another thing that they did is they released the uh, a Fantastic Four trailer. I guess it's the last one before the film comes out. It's already coming out in like three weeks, man. This, this summer is just blazing by. That's right. Yeah. Um, this trailer focused a little bit more on their powers. It seemed um, didn't get a lot, a lot of buzz. More... This movie in general has not been getting a lot of buzz. Uh, but I also mm-hmm. just didn't hear. I mean, it just got buried by pretty much all the other Comic-Con news. Not a lot of people talking mm-hmm. about this. Uh, but there is a new trailer out there if you guys want to check it out. And you see uh, a young Reed Richards. Um, yeah. You see a couple more shots of the Fantastic Four in action. Some more action sequences. A lot more Doctor Doom. A lot more Doctor Doom, yeah. Who looks pretty cool, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, I like it. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then what else happened in that? I know... Uh, Susan Storm at one point has the Susan Storm hair, like from the comics, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you're into that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Weird thing to point out, but yeah. Well, I was it's like, oh, that's true. Storm. That's Susan Storm hair. That's Storm hair. Yeah. She's got Susan Storm hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was my big takeaway from Comic Con, was the Susan Storm hair. Um, yeah, I mean, most of it is shit you've already seen. It still doesn't look super exciting uh, yeah uh, it's it's kind of on the level with suicide squad in terms of like i don't really know what is going on here like i don't do you notice that like everyone's kind of like acting on this you know how like it's almost like one note everyone's kind of acting on the same playing the same note over and over again yeah I think that's that, maybe that why serious the trailer serious yeah. note Maybe that's why it doesn't work because yeah. there's no, there's just no ups and ups and downs. It's just very... it's like everyone's, yeah, it's like everyone's acting in a Christopher Nolan film, right, right. Uh, you know, like or Christopher Nolan trailer at the very least. Also, um, I don't think we've seen the thing say a, a word yet. Am I am I wrong about that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't recall hearing as the thing or as um what what is what's, what's the thing's uh, character when Ben Grimm? Yeah, Ben as Grimm. Ben Grimm. What if what if at one point he just goes, I want a thing, burger. <laughs> God, you know what? And that would totally be fitting with this franchise because this is the one that brought us the, the Dodge Fantastic Car or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. anyway, if, if he does want a thing, burger, he obviously would have to go to Denny's, um, yep. which is offering their Slamtastic 4. Slamtastic uh, 4. You know, uh, limit, li- limited time, guys. So if you want, limited if you time want to get only. in on that, I've only got a few more weeks. Get in on that. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Alex, uh, a friend of the podcast, um, give us his review of the Thing Burger. Mm-hmm. 
this week, ladies and gentlemen, we have we have more Denny's news because yep. your co-hostess with the mostess, Al over here. Yep. Yeah. You went to Denny's yourself to try one of these yes. items. You want to tell us about I your did. experience there? Yeah. Okay. So I originally went in and yeah, they have the menu. Everything's there, ready to go. I originally went in with the idea of getting the fantastic four cheese omelet and um which is the most creatively named it, one of all yes out of all of them. yeah yeah it's a nice little synergy name uh it's got like mushrooms and just there's some other other items in the omelet that i'm like ah uh, you know i don't really want that i don't really want to eat that right now and i, I could have ordered it and just like taken those parts out or told them not to put those things Wait, in the omelet so it's but then is, technically what, what could it wouldn't be, be in the there same. it's just four cheeses and no it's like four cheeses it's got like diced tomatoes delicious mushrooms delicious um i don't like mushrooms oh. i don't like the consistency of mushrooms uh it has like spinach which i mm. love spinach it's got um it's okay dude I, it's, it's fine got onions it's got a lot of stuff i love onions but okay go ahead uh Anyway, I don't like onions in my omelets. Anyway, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to order it and then just completely change what it was and be like, I'm not really eating the four cheese omelet then, the fantastic four cheese omelet. So what I did get was the Invisible Woman Slam. Nice dude. Okay, which uh, it's it's pancakes with blueberries baked in. It's got a fruit topping. So it's blue. It comes, that's that's a bit of a reference. Yeah, a little bit like their suits. Yeah, yeah. it's got eggs cook to your order your style whatever uh bacon and sausage are the eggs supposed to symbolize the invisible woman's breasts <laughs> no i got mine scrambled okay i think well, the, the other thing. thing that's the thing i got the other thing that i think makes it the invisible woman slam is there's a clear citrus glaze oh wow over the pancakes look at that yeah yeah that's something so i was like oh i I kind of nodded a little salute, like, oh, Denny's. <laughs> a little nod to yourself. Well Den- played, well, Denny's. Uh, well, you get, oh, you guys, <laughs> you got the clear sauce, the clear citrus thing, uh, syrup. Yeah, and it was good. It was, honestly, it was delicious. I, I was, I mean, I was hungry, but Okay, delicious. so we got, all right, so we got a positive review of the Thing Burger. Now you're coming to us with a positive review of the Invisible Woman Slam. That's like two, yeah. two for four. I mean, well, two for two except, at the moment, but except for the name, the name is terrible. The name is terrible. Name is name is, name is terrible. Uh, I did talk to Alex, and uh, he was very uh, appreciative of the fact that he got to be a part of the uh, the show. Uh, he is going to try the flaming human torch skillet. Oh, nice! Next, he told me nice. so. Um, but yeah, so that's where we are on the Denny's. Does Denny's sell alcoholic drinks? 2K15, no. So you can't order a Dark and Susan Stormy? Nice, dude. Should open up a nerd bar and serve that there. I might just do that. That would actually be a great idea. That is a great idea. You should do that. Let me know. I'll help. I'll invest and we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, going back, okay, so that's the Denny's update for this week. Going back to the, the Fox just mailstorm of, of awesomeness that they provided at San Diego Comic Con, there was a bit of X-Men news, and we'll, we'll go over a little this bit. relatively just a little quickly, tip. I think. Just the tip. Um, Actually, way more first than the of tip, all, because... It is. It's like halfway. Yeah. <laughs> and so, the X-Men apocalypse film 
And this is something you can find online, again, not the best quality. Yeah, it's blurry as shit. I'm not even sure if this is an official trailer. From what I read, this We're was... We're not really sure what it is, yeah. From what I read, this was, like, mostly kind of, like, raw footage. Um, but take that for what it you It looks want. pretty polished. It does look um, polished. I was actually and Apocalypse, really like, surprised. you see Apocalypse very clearly yeah. in this trailer. Yeah. A lot of for people just were complaining second, that yeah. he's too small in it, because in the comics, he's, like, basically, like... He's gigantic. Shit. He's like Thanos. He's like Thanos, but he's, like, basically this height, the height of Storm in the movie. Yeah, it's like Storm's next to him, and Storm is, looks super tiny, and she looks, like, slightly bigger than yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. weird. Uh, Storm, by the way, speaking of haircuts, has the cool uh, mohawk yeah. from the 80s Storm, which is really nice. Um it's got uh, Sophie Turner, I think is her name. That's the Game of Sansa Th- Stark from Game of Thrones. Estrine um, Gray. You get to see a little bit of uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, again, what I was really surprised with with the with the thing that I saw the video that you and I saw was that um, there's a lot of footage in there, like a lot of footage. I didn't, wasn't aware that they were that far along in the production of the film. Um, a lot of cool stuff. It literally, to me, is the opposite of the suicide trailer, <laughs> where like everything they show in this little video package that they made is like, oh, cool, what's that? Oh my god, what is that? Oh my god, I want to see that. What you, like every single thing that they show, I'm just like, like super excited, because um, it it just gives you like a little taste of things, but you don't really know what they are within context of the film. Well, it also has the advantage um, of you know. Uh, a, a comic book franchise that's really well known and a bunch of characters that are well known. Whereas Very Suicide true. Squad is full of people that most neophytes, even comic book neophytes. fans who love comic yeah. books don't know a lot of these guys that well. Um, yeah, they're not, true. not big names. Also with Apocalypse, you've got it in the hands of Brian Singer, who has like got a ton of experience working with the X-Men franchise. So I think that helps. Um, but yeah, so everyone out there in the CBCU, Check out the video. Like I said, it is grainy. There's a cool reveal at the end with Professor X that you can kind of see. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, we'll get the real legit trailer. Though with that one, yeah. I'm not I'm not expecting it to come out anytime soon because, like I said, I no, don't it's think it's the official trailer. So I don't know if they're going to want to release it in good, fo- you know, good visual or good uh, what am HD, I? Format. HD format. Yeah. But uh, I would imagine Deadpool will probably get soon. And I heard in the next two to three weeks with Deadpool. Yeah, so right. hopefully uh, then, if not sooner. The X-Men 1, we might just have to settle for the grainy footage at this point. But it's it's still pretty cool. You get to see quite a bit. And, um, yeah. Uh, one thing. The, one, the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Did you want to talk about that? Because you were going to Yeah, Rick Flair, Arn Anderson, <laughs> uh, Telly Tully Blanchard. Blanchard. And the other, Arn, Ole Anderson. Ole Anderson, right? So, um. Uh, but no, the, the, the here's the interesting thing about the Four Horsemen, uh, which are prominent characters in the X-Men comics, especially whenever you're talking about Apocalypse. It's always Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen. And in the comic, it's, um, you know, it's these it's always these four characters. Right. In the movie, they're they're doing something totally different. They, they we have we found out who they're going to be. It's going to be Psylocke, Magneto. Uh, Angel or Archangel, and I'm now drawing a blank on the fourth one. It's not, is it Storm? Storm, yeah, Storm. Storm is the fourth one. So normally in the X Men comics, the the four Horsemen are their own characters. They're not like other characters. And they're that are put in those. By the positions. way, Death, War, Famine, and Pestilence are the four. Pestilence. There you go. 
Yeah, so they're their own four individual characters. They're not other people brought in. I believe somewhere in the long, vast, unwinding continuity that is the X-Men universe, in the comic books, that Archangel or Angel has been one of the four. Yeah. At some point, maybe even Wolverine at one point or another. But beyond that, for the most part, it's just like there's just those four characters on their own. In the movie, they're clearly doing something different. I think it's kind of cool. Uh, you got Magneto, and I think right away, here's the smart thing about that. You've positioned Magneto within the X-Men cinematic uh, universe as this very powerful, very formidable villain, right? Uh, he's gone toe-to-toe with the X-Men several times. <laughs> right off, you have him as a sort of underling of Apocalypse. Right. So that positions Apocalypse as this super badass character, like... Magneto, who is very formidable on his own, apparently sees Apocalypse and is like, oh shit, like, cool dude, whatever you want me to do, <laughs> like, or whatever, you know? So I think that that gives a lot of credibility to Apocalypse as, as, in terms of, like, what a, what a truly badass he's going to be. That's a good point. Also, um, Magneto is basically the Ric Flair of this Four Horsemen, right? I mean, he's... Right. If you had to... Uh, I'm reading the Wikipedia page for the Four Horsemen, and there's actually been a shit ton of Four Horsemen. Um, okay. Did you know that in the Avengers alternate Age of Apocalypse storyline, one of the Four Horsemen was actually none other than Spider-Man? Really? I was not aware of that. Yeah, well, there you go. Okay. Yeah, that Age of Apocalypse storyline is a shit ton of issues. It's <laughs> There's a lot of comics to read in that. I don't think I've ever read all of them, so I guess I must have missed that. I'm going to have to go back and look for that. That sounds amazing. Uh, I don't even know what right. that is. But I'm Psy- Psylocke has actually also been uh, one of the four horsemen, apparently. But Okay. So they have... There's, they there have, have been different incarnations, but the ones that we read off earlier are the original uh, four. Those are the original yeah. four, right. Um, so... I think that's really cool. Also, it's gonna you're this is gonna be the first time seeing Psylocke, uh, first time seeing Young Storm. Um, you know, I think it positions them in a really interesting way. Like they're a lot, they're immediately aligned with Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And um, that, that's cool. Uh, it, it's gonna be. I'm pretty psyched for this film. I really love Days of the Future Past. Uh, something I'd like to ho- hopefully get into in a future podcast is they just released the Rogue cut for Days of Future Past, mm. uh, actually yesterday or this week, um, which is a 20-minute longer version of that film uh, where they have some additional scenes and whatnot. Uh, I am going to be watching that later this week, so I can give you know thoughts on that uh, for a future podcast, but I hear, I hear good things. Um what else? X-Men. Oh, okay. So we also, the other thing that we got, uh, oh, well, here we go. Before we get into that, Ig, any, any final thoughts on X-Men Apocalypse? Um, I know. Things I'm, that you're looking forward to yeah. or um, pique your interest with the trailer? I'm, I'm trying to do a, bit, a little bit of fact checking here on the Four Horsemen. Um, and I'm actually not entirely sure that the characters showed up ever as death, famine, pestilence, and war. Do you know if they have? Because from what I'm reading, the comic? it seems like Apocalypse chooses people to take on those roles. You know what I mean? So, like, it's a different, it's like yeah. a rotating crew. But I don't know if, if, like, are those characters even, are those actual characters? I, see, I was under the impression, it's I have read that storyline, but it's been such a long time from yeah. their initial origin 
I want to say when they first came out, they were just their own separate characters. All right. Well, hey. And that maybe over time, he's like. This is something to throw out to the roles. CPC universe. Uh, if you know the answer, let us know. Uh, we're stumped on yeah. this one. Uh, from what I'm looking yeah. at, it seems like those are just the titles for those characters, but that mm. it's actually Apocalypse assigning different people to take on those roles. Right, come almost like a basketball team. Yeah. Like this, yeah. like there's always a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, exactly. center. Uh, um, the other thing I was going to mention is that uh, Magneto at one point cusses in the trailer. Yeah, it, or whatever that is, the video package, or, or right, uh, where he's. Uh, I think Apocalypse shows up and he's just like, "Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is great. I mean, the best use of a cuss word, really. Like that's perfect. Um, yeah. So uh, I hope that yeah, makes it into the really movie because that's fucking great. Or that might have just been a Comic Con exclusive, but uh, yeah. I hope that makes it into the movie because that would be <laughs> that would be amazing. So somebody <laughs> that we don't see a lot of in the trailer, if at all. I'm trying to remember. I mean, we just watched it, but or that video package, whatever you want to call it. I didn't. I saw a severe lack of Wolverine. Severe lack. So almost maybe no Wolverine. You could I, you could say it was I, non-existent. Non-existent Wolverine, but. Do not fret, my pets, out there in the CBCU, because one of the other giant juicy nuggets that came out of San Diego Comic-Con this week was that Wolverine 3 is going to be titled Old Man Logan. Mm, Delicious. Now, just on a personal note, Old Man Logan, which was written by uh, Mark Millar and... uh, uh, the art was by Steve. Uh, I always mispronounce his last name. Right? It's Mc, McNevin. Yeah, um, they both did Civil War as well in the comics. That is by far my favorite Wolverine story arc and storyline of all time. I love that comic. I read it at least once a year. I have the the hardcover version of that book, and it's so good. I love it. It's set in this uh, future uh, where pretty much all like all the heroes are dead for the most part uh the villains have won wolverine's on a farm he's no longer violent it's kind of got like uh sur- like a uh like a good the bad and the ugly kind of feel to it in a way it's a little bit westernized mm-hmm. um i just love that storyline and so you know they do a lot of stuff in that storyline where you enter. I mean, his main co-companion or whatever in there, or his cohort, is a Hawkeye, a blind Hawkeye, right? Which is also amazing. So obviously, that's a Marvel character, Marvel Studios character. They are probably not going to be able to do that in the film. I'm sure they won't. There's a lot of Avengers characters, Spider-Man characters that are referenced that, of course, Fox doesn't have the rights to. But they do have the rights to Fantastic Four. Yeah. They do have rights to Deadpool. They do have rights to Cable and X Force. They, you know, there's other ways that they can augment the story and alter it so that it still is maintains the essence of what that comic storyline is. And I, I'm gonna just say what you said, okay? When we when we were discussing this off the air, but you said this is just gonna be a shittier version of Mad Max, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. And I said. I fucking hope so. Like, if it's 70% of Mad Max Fury Road, but with Wolverine, I am I'm so in. Um, okay, I I also really like Old Man Logan. 
Um, it's a really good comic. It's very Madman, Madman, uh, Mad Max. It's very Madman. Um, you know, post-apocalyptic. Um, and it's a cool comic. Now, my pessimism is just that I'm I'm not a purist, right? I don't think like you got to do the exact comic. I'm I'm not the guy who's upset that. Batman vs. Superman doesn't have the backstory of them being super friends beforehand. Like, I, I don't care. Like, you can do a different story, whatever. But, like, I, I just, it's hard for me to get excited about Old Man Logan when I just feel like very, very little of that story c- could translate to the, to, the, to the movies. Like, basically, what are the elements that you could really have? Okay, it's post-apocalyptic, and Wolverine's old, and he's not fighting anymore because of something happened terrible that happened to him. Mm-hmm. The thing terrible that happened to him is probably not going to happen in the movie because it involves a lot of big time characters dying. Uh, but but more most of those characters X Men characters. Right, but still, it's like and it, uh, if you look, this fucking comic came out long ago, so I don't have to do a spoiler alert. But if for some reason you want to read Old Man Logan, spoiler alert. But um, basically, uh, you know, Hawkeye finds him and he needs him. To help, uh, you know, go across country when the country is owned by different, you know, different villains. You got Fact, like Kingpin territory, factions, yeah, uh, and you know, just bad Hulk land. Hulk land. That's the other thing. The Hulk is one of the main villains. That's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, you have that's like true. all the the Hulk gang. Um, you can still have a gang, and it could be just by someone else, and that's fine. Um, thing but, gang. <laughs> the thing gang. It's just it's going to take a lot of juice out of the story, though. And like I, I mean, like I said, I'm not a purist, but if you if you take enough stuff out, what are you really left with? Yeah, that, that's true. They're gonna need a good writer. They're gonna need good writers to adapt it. Uh, and I don't know how close they're gonna try to stay to the the story material, the comic material. That story is so good. It is. It's, it's great. So impactful. But it's like it's if you're if you're Fox story. and you want to keep telling X Men stories, you're not gonna have a storyline where all the X Men are dead in the future because it kind of is a bit of a. <laughs> Well, but they've kind of already shown with Days of Future Past that they have the ability to time travel and and change things. So they, they could, could tell it. a story because they basically wrote X Men Three out of continuity, which was brilliant. Right. <laughs> um, with Days of the Future Past, and and so you're you're right. It is it is going to be tricky. I think the fact that we've they've gone beyond the stage of even discussing it and and like they're actually gonna do it like the fact that it could exist and i hope that it's good i'll be disappointed if it's not but the fact that we at least have the opportunity to get a big budgeted blockbuster wolverine film where it's basically wolverine and mad max in a post-apocalyptic future like i don't know even if just that's the basic base to start with that that's great yeah i I just that that story hasn't been told that kind of story hasn't been told with these kind of characters that's true i mean that's if that's enough to get you excited then then that's great but i don't know i i just it's hard for me to be like oh they're gonna do old man logan that's awesome because really they're not gonna do old man logan i mean they're gonna do a version of old man logan maybe but with a lot of the pieces missing yeah no, you're right. I understand that reservation. I'm not saying that they, but... they can't tell a good story, though. I mean, they, they could still. No, no, no. You, you said that. They, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Uh, it's I, I'm over. being too pessimistic here, but that was just my first thought. It's like, okay, well, all right, you can't have Hawkeye in it. You can't have the Hulk gang. Uh, they're probably not going to set this in a world where all the heroes are dead. 
they're probably not going to have the main kind of plot twist of finding out why Wolverine's given up using his his claws and fighting. Um, mm-hmm. But you could come up with different storylines. I just don't know how effective they're going to be. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. I am excited, but it's it's way off into the future, so you know. We'll have to we'll have to see when we get there. There's a lot of stuff before that that comes out. So, um, any other final thoughts on San Diego Comic Con this year, man? No, I mean I, I it seemed like it was a pretty good one. Uh, there was a lot, obviously a ton of stuff that we didn't even touch on. Yeah. It's it's way more than just comics now. It's all kinds of stuff. Um, uh, you know, premieres there, and um, you know there was there was quite a bit of talk on about Star Wars. Uh, some Game of Thrones news, some Walking Dead news, um, which we didn't touch upon. But um, but yeah, man. I mean, one of these years, I want to I want to head out there and, and experience that. Oh first yeah. Hand. In fact, we should we should probably start looking into it now because I know if you want to go, yeah, you got to start. You have to plan early. the year right. before. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. But anyway. Yeah. Um. Excited about Deadpool. I'm really. I mean, I'm actually excited about all these movies that we talked about, even the ones that I'm not too 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 high on i mean i guess maybe fantastic four being at the bottom of my list at the moment but um i'm, I'm higher on suicide squad than you are mainly because i'm just i'm just intrigued by it yeah i just want to know even if it's a train wreck like it seems like it's going to be a, an enjoyable train wreck that's what you know that's all i want i want things to be entertaining and enjoyable yeah so however that can manage that then that's great well i think marvel and dc have some really bright features ahead of themselves uh, in terms of the cinematic world um hopefully people don't get uh superhero fatigue we'll find out uh and whatever happens between now and in the the days to come we will cover it here on cbc combo characters yeah uh, well i gotta go dude because i gotta go get a rotten tattoo on my face Okay, cool. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a damaged on my cheek. Oh, badass! On my butt cheek. Oh. Okay. Well. Still badass. Not nah. anymore. No, oh, you don't want. Oh, right. No. Okay. Let's no. just move away from that. Um, all right, damaged guys. Next butt. week we will be back with probably some Ant Man coverage and reaction. Oh yeah. Oh, I've got my tickets. I'm ready to go. Uh, I don't. Which Ant-Man shirt will I wear? Ugh. I have more than one. I that feel like you're true. teasing me because I was scheduled to go tomorrow night, uh, but I have to give up my tickets because of, uh, well, I won't uh, get into you're... that. But uh, okay. <laughs> I will try to watch this movie before we do our guest. And if we don't, if I don't, oh, I'll let you just talk while I uh, basically put like... <laughs> Cry? Uh, I do the earmuffs and try not to hear ah, anything okay. you say. One last thing. I just found this out. I don't know how I just found this out, but I just find this super hilarious. Ant-Man is going to be playing at the IMAX for at least the next week oh, after it comes is, out. That is pretty hilarious, yeah. That's like, so if you watch Ant-Man on an IMAX screen, does he just look like a regular-sized person the whole time? Well, he. Well, of course he is because it's going to be zoomed in. I mean, if he was actually the size of an ant, you wouldn't be able to follow any of the action. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Good point. that's science. I mean, that's just. So I'm gonna try to see it at the right. IMAX. Uh, it's 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 the stupid 3D IMAX thing, which I'm just not a fan of. I wish they would stop doing that, but they're not going to because it makes a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to try to see that uh, as long as Ant-Man is at least moderately good, which I hope that it will be. I think it will be. Uh, it looks it looks like it's going to be good. It's it's it's. I'm also interested in in the post credit sequences. And mm-hmm. can we reveal this at this point? I think it's been announced who the Avenger yeah. is that's going to be in Ant-Man. I mean, it's in the trailer. I just that's saw the it on TV okay, the other day. Okay, we can day. finally say it. It's it is going to be Mackie, aka Mackie! Falcon. Cut the check. 
Uh, Love Mackie. I'm very excited about that. I've, I've come out as uh, being a total huge mark, mark for Mackie. Uh, for, for, uh, Mackie Mark. Um, Mackie Mark. And uh, yeah, no, I, I really like the Falcon character, so I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited me too. to see him it's play great. alongside uh, Paul Rudd. I think that that could be good. Oh, I could totally see those two guys like having really good chemistry. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I will definitely see it. I hope you get to see it. We'll cover all that next week and more on Comic Book Characters. All right, guys, catch you next then. week. Everyone, stay super. Later.